Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it's time for Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. And we're so glad that you have gathered with us today around the Word of God. Hopefully, very soon, we can gather together uh, in a place where we can all em- embrace one another again. And I miss the family of God, and we've had a problem finding a place, and we just ask that everyone that uh, uh, that cares about this ministry would, would mention us in your prayers, that God would open a door. Uh, we, we are in a situation now where we can meet safely. We have permission to do it, uh, although we don't need man's permission. We have God's mandate to gather together, and those of you that have uh, not been faithful uh, to gather together in times past, Please, let this time that we've been apart be a motivating force to you uh, to, not, to not forsake, as the Scripture said, to forsake not the gathering of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. And we should be children as Christians, children of the day, not children of the night, that that day would overtake us unaware. We should be living in the light of the soon coming of Jesus, living in the reality of the approaching day of the Lord, the great tribulation. So, friend of mine, today I want to bring you a message that I believe will help you become what the title of this message is going to going to declare. Uh, upstream Christians in a downstream world. Upstream Christians in a downstream world. One thing is for sure, uh, in order to to live victoriously in the last days, you and I as Christians cannot just go with the flow. I as a minister of the gospel can't just go with the flow because the flow is flowing away from God, not bringing people closer to God, even in the Christian community. So we can be in the world and not be of the world, but we can't be worldly Christians. That won't cut it anymore. Vance Havner, who never was known to mince words, said, when I hear the term worldly Christian, I'm, uh, you might as well to talk about a heavenly devil. The two statements are resembling one another. Worldly Christians should not be a title on any Christian on any level. We should be in the world, but not of the world. In fact, it's the prayer of Jesus. He said, Father, don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. And that is the victory that God offers us today. That keeping power, if we will set our hearts on the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of this world, kingdoms of this world. You know, Satan took Jesus up to a high place and showed him all that the world could offer through all that the world had to give the kingdoms of this world and said it can all be yours if you'll worship me amen listen friend of mine that offer still stands from the devil and i believe too many christians are leaning toward that offer to find their fulfillment in this temporal 
physical, material world instead of finding it in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. All right, friend of mine, we're going to move into this message today. Listen to these words from 2 Timothy uh, 3, and verse 1 through 5. God wants you to know this. So it begins with this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, incontinent, uh, that that has to do with not having any sexual restraints, fierce despisers of those that are good. If you live godly, you shall suffer persecution, the scripture declared. Well, it's here. Don't feel bad (laughs) when you are persecuted for the right reason by the world and those about you that that are not followers of Jesus and and are going to come down on you for holding true to your convictions. Friend of mine, that should be worn as a badge of authenticity. We, We don't don't expect nor desire the world to embrace us. It's not going to. We're in it, but thank God we're not of it. We're upstream Christians in a downstream world, and we should wear the persecution as a badge of authenticity that we are not the phony Christians. We are, we are authentic Christians. We do follow Jesus Christ. We do pledge our allegiance to Him and we bow to no other God. Hallelujah. Listen. Having traitors, heavy, verse four, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Listen carefully. From such, turn away. Turn away. I'm going to read this from the Amplified, this last, this fifth uh, verse here. It said, For although they hold a form of piety or true religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. Avoid all such people. Turn away from them. I told you in the beginning of this message, I want to reiterate it right here and right now. You cannot, you must not, as an authentic Christian, go with the flow. And I'm not just talking about outside the church, but there's a flow away from God inside that that is called Christian today. And this is descriptive of it, a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. Godliness here, as Vine describes it, as denoting, listen, as denoting that piety when characterized by a Godward attitude. Listen, I'm going to add something here. An upstream Christian in a downstream world. A Godward attitude does that which is well-pleasing to Him. Matthew Henry comments on this scripture. A form of godliness, he says, is very different thing from the power of it. Men may have one and be wholly destitute of the other. Yea, they deny it, at least practically in 
their lives. Titus, Titus 1 and verse 16 says it this way. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being unto every good work abominable and reprobate. John Darby's synopsis of the New Testament says it this way, commenting on these, this statement and these verses of Scripture. It says, Now this evil influence would too surely be exercised. The power of the holy truth would be lost in the assembly and among Christians. And those who bore his name and would become under the influence of the enemy the expression of the will and passions of man while still maintaining the forms of godliness, a peculiar condition which betrays in a remarkable way the influence and work of the enemy. This was to be expected, and they would be perilous days. Satan was already, dear friend, sowing the seeds of the apostasy, the falling away. In the first century church, the apostate church will mirror the culture, The true church will mirror the kingdom of God. Darby goes on to say, It is a solemn thought that the same degradation which existed among the heathens reproduced under Christianity, covering itself with that name, even assuming a form of godliness, but in fact it is the same nature, the same passions, the same power of the enemy. But the addition with with the addition of hypocrisy, it is it is only the departure from and corruption of the true doctrine. Uh, there was a story not long ago, true story. It was an awful story. Uh, the BTK killer, which meant bind, torture, and kill. He did it randomly. He did it for the thrill of the kill and and inflicting pain. And he presided over the local Lutheran congregation. Now, if you're Lutheran, this is an extreme example of someone who never knew God, but professed himself to be a Christian. I guess he wasn't. And you know what he said at his trial? I guess I wasn't a very good Christian. No, he wasn't a Christian at all all. You can't have that kind of activity and and name the name of Jesus in the same breath. I know this is an extreme example, but the apostate church of the last days will proclaim a compromised gospel with no power to change the darkened heart, no power to deliver, no power to transform. You know, this Bible didn't, this gospel, the Bible declares, did not come in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. Praise God. George Barna, the poster who has his thumb on the pulse of the church in his latest study shows that evangelical Christians in America that our lifestyles are virtually indistinguishable from the culture around us from non-believers around us, particularly in the areas of abortion and divorce and human sexuality and worldview. Barna's research shows that two-thirds, 66% of evangelical Christians by name and title in America say that they do not believe there is any such thing 
as absolute truth. We've bought the lie, you see, in many denominational circles. But thank God, the Lord still has a people, (laughs) upstream Christians, in a downstream world. From such turn away, don't go with the flow, is what the Scripture is saying, even though many are going with the flow. Listen, there are those who are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He's not just our Savior, you see. He's our Sovereign. He's our King. He's our Lord. And we bow to no other. And we are told to turn away and never to go with the flow. One scholar says, again, he is never, he, and he's never one to pull punches. He says, the greatest scourge on the church today are religious pastors, those men and women who are more caught up in bodies, bucks, and buildings, and worrying about keeping the status quo rather than whether people's lives are being transformed by the gospel or not. The world is trying to change us. God wants us to be salt. And God wants us to be light in this sin-darkened world. And not just by what we proclaim through our bumper stickers and, and even our testimonies, but the life that we live in contrast, the morals that we embrace in contrast to the world, the values that we represent as opposed to the values of the world. Listen, and the greatest threat to the three Hebrew children was not just the fiery furnace. And the greatest threat to Daniel was not just the lion's den. You know what it was? It was the pressure to become absorbed into the Babylonian culture to adopt its values, and to worship its gods. Amen? Listen to Daniel 1, 1 through 1-8. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, King Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar and to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom there was no blemish, but well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had the ability to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them for three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king." Now among these were the children of Judah. Listen, you'll recognize these four men. They were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now you may not recognize anyone but Daniel, but listen carefully. On whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and unto Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. 
Amen. The three Hebrew children that were thrown into the furnace but did not burn. See, they wouldn't bow, so they did not burn. But Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine that he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Amen. Listen, the world doesn't want to just stamp out the church. But because they know that has never worked, atheism creates a vacuum. And when the gospel is heard and preached, the underground church in Russia thrived. The underground church in China is thriving because this godless, Marxist, communistic, atheistic uh, culture will not ever, ever satisfy the deep desires of the human heart. Amen. There's a place for God in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl. And nothing of this world and nothing in this world can ever fill that. But God Himself. The, 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 the hole is too big to be filled with things, with, with sins, with all of the satisfactions of the flesh that the devil can offer and the world can offer. That's why the worldly church is teaching that if you acquire all of these material things, you will be, you will be a representative of God's kingdom. Uh, oh, friend of mine, <laughs> listen, that is not the Christ of the Bible. That is not the teaching of the scripture. That is a misrepresentation of what the kingdom of God is all about. For the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. We need meat and drink to live, not alcoholic beverages and, and, and partying and surfeiting and drunkenness, but we need to, 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 to feed our family and feed ourselves and, and, and we need food and drink. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the kingdom is more than just that, that the flesh desires or even the flesh needs, but it is righteousness. It is peace and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Listen, they sought to change what these four Hebrew young men stood for, their loyalty. These four young men had names which reflected their Hebrew heritage and their ties to God. Listen to, to their names as they were named, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. Listen to their names before they were changed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel means God is judge in the Hebrew. Hananiah meant God is gracious. Azariah, God is my help. And Mishael, who is like God. He changed their names and that to that that was related to the false gods of Babylon, Belshazzar, Bel will protect. Shadrach, inspired of Aku, the moon deity. Abednego, servant of Nebo or Venus. And Meshach, Meshach, who is like Aku. Listen, friend of mine, I want you to know the world can't stamp out and the devil can't stamp out the church but he is trying to absorb the cult 
the church into the culture of the world system. But God's grace, my friend, is available to each one of us if we purpose in our heart as Daniel not to eat meat from the king's table. By the way, the Bible said they prospered. They were healthier. <laughs> I'm not advocating a vegan diet, but I'm telling you, amen, not eating the meat from his table was more than just their their physical health. This was about not about that kind of benefit. It was the fact that we are not Babylonians. Change our names if you want to, but you can't change who we really are. We are we are Jews and we worship Jehovah and we bow to no other God or gods. Hallelujah. Amen. God's grace is available to each of us living in this perilous time. If we purpose in our heart to follow Christ, we will find His power available to us by His Spirit. Hallelujah. My friends, the last day is all about the fact that a power, a resurrection power, the power that raised Jesus bodily from the dead has been unleashed. It's afoot. It's out in the world, this world, this fallen world. And if you're a Christian, it's available to you and to me, hallelujah, that we might be in the world, but not of the world, hallelujah, amen. It's available today. If the Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, according to Romans 8, Imagine that. Think about that. I know it feels like we're being overwhelmed and the flow away from God is so strong within the church and without the church world today. Listen, you've got to begin to realize that God says, listen, you're in the kingdom. And yes, you're in this world, not of it, but you're in it for a time such as this. I feel like we're, we are holding the door of the ark open and crying out, come in and be safe. Come in and be saved. Come in and not experience the wrath to come. Come in. Come. That's the last chapter of the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. And the message is this. Now the Spirit says, come. And let the church say, come. And he that heareth say, come. And whosoever will, let him come. And drink of the river of life freely. Glory be to God. There will always be conflict. There will always be struggle. But there is overcoming power available to us through the Holy Ghost. Listen to Titus 2, 11 through 14. It said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this in, I want to highlight that in this present world. Before I go on, let me say something about this present world. The Bible speaks of it this way. In the new covenant, it said in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, you shine as lights 
in the world. Praise God. In the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, you shine as lights. Upstream Christians in a downstream world. And the reason that we have this holy incentive is in verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Praise God. I want to read this from another translation. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own evil, eager to do that which is good. Eager to do that which is good. Hallelujah. Oh, I love this. If we will, if we will embrace this message, if we will qualify by the act of our will and faith for the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power because of that same person, the Spirit of Him, hallelujah, will abiding in the heart and life of, of God's people will give us power to overcome that flow, that undercurrent, that current that is trying to pull us away from the, the kingdom of God and pull us toward the world culture and system. Listen to Psalm 4.3. It says, But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself, and the Lord will hear when I call unto him. The Lord hath set apart him that is godly unto himself. This is the call. This is the call of God to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. For what fellowship hath light with darkness, or Christ with Belial, or the believer with an unbeliever? Be not unequally yoked together. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is calling us to become those peculiar people that bow to no other God, believe in no other God, serve no other God, including the God of self. Friend of mine, I want you to know today that God loves His people and He is granting unto all those who will commit to follow Him, hallelujah, and keep their faith and trust in Him alone. Praise God the power necessary to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil himself. There's victory for the authentic Christian today. Today is a mighty, mighty day of testing. But that's okay. Because if God is for us, 
It, and that becomes the issue. It's not the culture against us. It's not the flesh is weak. It's not the devil is too strong. It is who is for us. Granting to us the grace sufficient. Granting to us the power necessary through the person of Jesus Christ and the person of the Holy Spirit today. Hallelujah. There's victory for you today. If you will make up your mind to not go with the flow, but to be an upstream Christian in a downstream world. Praise God. And listen, friend of mine, this is so important today. We're living in the last of the last days. The coming of the Lord is drawing very, very near. We are gathered together here because we see the day approaching. We are not participating on the Lord's day in some world activity just for the pleasure of our flesh when we know without any shadow of a doubt that the coming of the Lord is drawing very, very nigh. You know what it says? Forsake not the assembling of yourself together. It's the manner of some is, but much more. As you see the day approaching, exhorting one another. That word exhort means to strongly encourage. And in context of all that the scriptures say about the last days, to strongly encourage one another in right living. And today I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that I can be an encourager of every Christian, everyone who names the name of Christ. Let him who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Hallelujah. Praise God. Dear friend, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, today I urge you, don't put it off. Don't run from God. Don't be deceived by the devil. Jesus is coming soon. Run to Him. Confess your sins. And don't let the devil tell you that you're not going to be able to live the Christian life. Oh, friend, it doesn't mean sinless perfection, but it means perfectly kept by the power of God. In Jesus' name. And come back next Sunday and let's continue to exhort one another in Jesus' name today.